Hi there. Welcome to episode 4 of the Waveback Music Podcast. Today's game is Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for the Sega Genesis. Enjoy! Hello again, this is the Waveback Music Podcast, a show where we listen to and reminisce about some of the best video game music there is. My name is Chris, and I'm your host, and we are live again, so to everyone tuning in as we broadcast this evening, thanks for joining. Also, DJ Vestlord is with us again as our man behind the curtain. He'll be playing all the music and keeping the sound clean and generally being awesome. But you won't hear him, so on behalf of everyone listening, thanks DJ Vestlord, you're awesome. We've also got another remarkable soundtrack to listen to tonight. It's fast, it is awesome, and it's one of the very best soundtracks the Sega Genesis has to offer. I'm, of course, talking about Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 was developed by Sonic Team and released on November 24, 1992. The game's composer was Masato Nakamura. He also did the music for the original Sonic the Hedgehog, which we'll probably do a show about at some point. Uh, But not Sonic the Hedgehog 3. He was actually scheduled to do Sonic the Hedgehog 3's music, but then some contract stuff fell through, and, well, Sonic 3's soundtrack is its own animal, and a very good one at that. But tonight talking about Sonic 2. Anyway, uh, Mr. Nakamura, he has his own rock band called Dreams Come True and is the executive is an executive for DCT Records. So, let's uh, let's set the stage a little bit. The original Sonic the Hedgehog changed the landscape of the video game industry. In a world where Mario was king, Sonic came in and took the spot as the quote-unquote cool mascot, helping give Sega a foothold in the console market. By the time Sonic 2 came out, the Nintendo-Sega rivalry was in full swing. I was always firmly in the Nintendo camp myself, though I will admit that every once in a while, Sega had some games that would make me a little jealous of the Genesis. Sonic was always one of those games, and the music was one of the biggest factors in that. I'm not crazy about the Genesis' sound chip. Uh, It does a lot of things right, but there's something about the sounds it produces that, when not used correctly, can make things sound kind of ridiculous. Think, uh... Particularly rock and roll stuff, you want a good comparison, listen to the Uniracers for Super NES soundtrack and the Comic Zone for Sega Genesis soundtrack. Uh, There's quite the contrast there. I will say that I've recently grown quite fond of some Genesis music, and I've learned to appreciate just what it was capable of. But by and large, very few games on the console reached the level of audio excellence that the Sonic series did. These games consistently have some of the best-sounding music on the console, and Sonic 2 is proof positive of that. So, let's get right to it. The first song that we're going to play is... We're going to skip over the uh, the intro and, and the, the options screen and any of that other stuff, because we're going to go like we're pretending to play the game straight off the bat. You start up the game, you turn on the Genesis, and Sonic runs by, and the Sega logo's there, and you hear the classic, Sega... And that just fills you with a nostalgic glee. The first Sonic, starting up the Green Hill Zone, is one of the one of the iconic uh, musical moments in video game history. It's just it's such a good song and such a pretty landscape. Just this gorgeous, colorful, vibrant, 
it was everything that that the NES strove to do, but just so, so pretty on the Genesis. And for Sonic 2, they needed to match that. They needed to exceed that. And I personally think that with the Emerald Hill Zone, which is the track we're about to listen to, they did. They, ex- they exceeded that start. Because what you, ne- what you knew about Sonic at this point was that it was all about speed. But it wasn't all about speed. Sonic's personality was all about speed and being fast and having attitude. But the game itself was actually a rather meticulous platformer. It was about knowing when to be fast and then knowing when to slow yourself down and take those jumps properly and collect as many rings so you get as many lives as you can and find all the secrets because there were a lot of really well-hidden secrets in all of these levels. Like there are different paths, different holes, different things floating in the sky, things hidden in the trees. So the music didn't necessarily have to be oh my god super crazy fast it just it needed to be the right amount of energy to make you want to go fast but also not so like crazy crazy fast that you didn't stop to think i wonder what's over there to really plot out your course so the first stage one of my absolute favorite genesis moments turning on sonic the hedgehog 2 pressing start here is emerald hill zone Now, probably the most impressive piece of this is the very, very beginning, like the way it starts. The this song's version of uh, you know da 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 da. It's the way that it just pops into the beginning. There, it really just just gets you going. Like you just want to start start exploring, and then the way it all kicks together and the way it all just comes together right after that intro, it's just phenomenal. It and and. The way that it handles the the instrumentation of the Genesis, it has such a unique sound. The Genesis sound chip is very, very... It's so clearly Sega Genesis stuff. And the way that it... I don't know what it is. Just something about the way this this music works is just... It's just about as good as Genesis music gets. But I digress. So here's the things that you really want to listen to in that song. 
um, there's that that main uh, instrument, the the lead instrument there. That's like that very Sonic the Hedgehoggy music. It's it was used. It's been used in a bunch of different Sonic songs. And then you have the the drum sounds. You have that very very specific Sonic the Hedgehog snare drum sound. So like for example, when they did Sonic the Hedgehog four, and they were trying to recreate the Sonic sound, that that snare drum sound was so specific. But probably the most important in my opinion, and probably the most impressive piece of this music was the bass line. You'll hear that a lot in this soundtrack. It's just really, really impressive bass lines. Like lots of extra flares, lots of extra notes thrown in there that just really helps drive the experience and just really helps make the music drive you. And speaking of bass lines, the best bass line. I mean, just really, really listen to the bass line in this next track, which is... I'm going to say, I mean, we're hitting a high point pretty early, but this is my favorite track in the game, the Chemical Plant Zone, which is the second zone in the game. It's, you finished the green, the Emerald Hill Zone, and it's all greens and blues and all these very natural colors. And then the next place you go to is this very, very non-organic. It's, it's all metal and, and like chemical water that's all purple and, and, and just really great stark contrast to that first level. And this music is so, so good. It's just got that, that synth lead. It's got listen to the bass line. Just really try to single it out when you listen to this track because it is unbelievable. Combining the bass line with all the extra little background pieces, it's so complex and so brilliant. So I'll stop talking about it. Here is chemical plant zone. Now, perhaps more than any other track in this game, 
this track uses every ounce of what was available of the the Sega Genesis's sound chip to just make every piece come together in such a driving god that rhythm is so so good and uh, just the way it all comes together is is unreasonably good it's so so good definitely my favorite track of the game which isn't to say that it's all downhill from here cuz there's some really really interesting music uh, ahead of us and that's one of the things i like so much about the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 soundtrack is that all the songs are so different from one another. And in fact, I've, I learned something from our last live episode where a handful of folks wanted me to keep on playing songs. We're going to play almost every song on this game soundtrack, which is kind of exciting. There's, there's two songs that were two or three songs we're going to miss out on. I, you know, unfortunately there are some time constraints involved, but still, uh, this is a, this is just one heck of a soundtrack, and as a huge Nintendo fan, my adoration for this soundtrack really really means something because I I really respect the early Sonic the Hedgehog games. I really respect the types of games that they are, and this music, what um, what the composer was able to put together in these games, is really just just something remarkable. Now, uh, I do have a quick message from Matt Much, uh, who is tuning in right now. He said, I agree, the bass line is very close to the springboards, which definitely makes it a very sonic part of the music. That's absolutely true. In fact, um, there's, there's a lot of, um, boy, what song is it? I can't remember if it's in Sonic 2 or Sonic 3. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll hear it when it comes up. But uh, there's sound effects from this game were actually used as part of the music because it's you know it was it was a limitation of the, the hardware some of those sounds were just the sounds that the system could make so you would use them they would use them as sound effects and then they would also use them to make part of the music and really did tie it together to make it a very cohesive whole and, and you're absolutely right that springboard sound effect is a very very Sonic the Hedgehog thing uh, DJ Vestlord Hilltop Zone I think I think you're I think you're right which we'll get to but first we're going to move on to the aquatic run zone. Again, totally different direction here where we've we've gone from super bright green lush foresty type to hard metal zones and now we're in the aquatic rush zone, which is another just wow, just a totally totally different turn and the feel of this song is also quite different from what you've heard in the first two stages the first stage was was exciting the second stage was driving now the third stage just like a good third track on an album is just going to pull you back just a little bit now of course this is still an action platformer so it did have to still have a good beat to it but this is just a little bit it's actually a lot of it different so without further ado here is Aquatic Rush, Aquatic Ruin Zone. Boy, I spelled that wrong.
Now that is a very different drum beat than we're used to hearing in the rest of the soundtrack of this game. Just that that kind of syncopated rhythm. It's just it's 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 different from your regular your standard one two three four, and it adds such a neat flair to this song. And I, I like the the kind of you know this was the aquatic ruin zone, so you're in these ruins that kind of look very like Athenian almost, and you've got that weird little sound to kind of make the whole song sound a little bit mysterious but at the same time it's got all those major notes that really just just it was everything that classic video game platformer music was supposed to be so again really really matching the the area that you were in and now we're moving on to track number four and it is another radical change as far as uh, the the general soundtrack is concerned, and actually the gameplay itself. So uh, to to go back to our Facebook page here, Patty Berry writes uh, when asking about what music did everybody want to hear on the show, she simply wrote, I like Casino Zone. I like the song too. So the next track is Casino Night Zone. Now this stage really really changed things as far as the gameplay is concerned because all the other stages of the game is you're running and running and, and doing all this very meticulous platforming in this one and the music reflects it is that it really kind of slowed everything down like this was this was all about platforming and occasionally stopping to play pinball and land in little slot machines and things like that it was just it is such a fun fun piece of the game and again looked nothing Nothing like any of the prior stages in the game. Absolutely nothing. It was again a very, very different and and radical turn for uh, for the <laughs> for the game. So uh, I'm I'm just going to stop yammering on and on about and and let this song speak for itself. Really listen to again, listen to the uh, the baseline because uh, the baseline is really like the driving thing in this game and. And just picture yourself in this kind of environment because, it, again, this music really, really matches up to the background, which is a good, a great thing for a video game to be able to do, especially something that has so many different types of zones and different types of gameplay. So here is Casino Night Zone.
Now, one of the things that I really like about this track and about this stage in general, because like I said, this stage was all about slowing you down. In a game that was just all about building momentum and going fast, this stage stopped you like dead in your track so often. And this song stops. Like, between loops, it just flat out stops for like a half a second. So there's no music at all for like a half a second. And it's such a bold move. But because of the way this level is, is laid out, it really works that way. Uh, also, while we were playing it, Matt Voss, a good friend of the show, chimed in and said, yes, Casino Night Zone was amazing. And uh, I completely agree. And thanks for tuning in, Matt. Uh, anyway, uh, let's move on to track number five. Uh, Jason Ring writes, I enjoyed the barnyard jam on that piece. I believe the barnyard jam you're talking about is Hilltop Zone. And what's interesting about this piece, as far as being a Sega Genesis song, was, like I was saying before, the Genesis had a very clear and distinct sound chip that sounded like a Sega Genesis. Like, it doesn't sound like things, it sounds like a Genesis. But Hilltop Zone was one of those one of those rare tracks, and I don't know how rare it is overall, but it feels that way to me. It was one of those uncommon tracks where you could clearly tell what instrument they were going for, and that instrument in this one is a harmonica. There's a very clear harmonica part to this, and even though it doesn't sound exactly like a harmonica, you can tell that's what they were emulating. We just came from a black sky, neon lights, Vegasy looking place, and now the next zone, the hilltop zone, is—it's kind of like in the—it's uh, in the mountains. It's got all these clouds in the background and all these brown mountains, and it almost looks like Planet Namek to an extent if you're a Dragon Ball fan, because um, you've got this—the uh, the kind of bluish rock grass that you're on. Like the grass is still green, the t- trees are still green, but a lot of the stage is this kind of blue-greenish look to it. So. It is all. It's a really interesting looking stage, and and if it was played right next to the hilltop zone, or uh, sorry, the Emerald Hill zone, it probably wouldn't look all that different. But seeing as you came from all these other stages, going back to something like this is, well, it really just kind of it, it brings things together in a very good way. It's it's a it's a good look, and this song is just it's another totally different track this sounds like nothing else that we've experienced so far in in this in this list of songs because you know you had your you know get ready let's go then you had your really driving music then you had your aquatic run mystery music and then you had casino night zone which was just you know let's sit back and play some pinball and now we have hilltop zone which is an oddly laid back track um, again, this stage kind of took a little bit of the speed aspect back to it, but you had to keep jumping on these little uh, platform uh, seesaw things that shot up and down. So there was there was a lot of interesting stuff to do. Uh, I'll also say that uh, Matt said that the animation sync with the soundtrack in Casino Night Zone was on point too. You're absolutely right. The, a lot of the the lights and stuff that happened in the background and all the different shining lights and twinkling things and the bumpers and whatnot was all very well synchronized. The whole stage really fit together. It was one of the more impressive music slash stage interacting with one another uh, besides just the music matching a stage. So good call, Matt. And again, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. So anyway, without further ado, here is track number five, Hilltop Zone. Thank you. 
And that there was the Hilltop Zone from Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Now, like I said, this is one of those tracks where you can really tell that it's a, it, they're trying to emulate a couple of instruments there. You've got some, some keys, some organ, you've got some, some harmonica, and you've got just this really great, interesting type of song that when you think of modern Sonic music, I mean, God, a lot of the more modern Sonic music kind of hurts my head. The, what I, the, the weird rock singing about your dreams and your friends is just, it's, 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 nothing compared to this stuff this was this was genuine brilliance and this was really going after uh the kind of stuff that nintendo was doing at the time and just this is such a great job of exemplifying what video game music was back in back in the day so on to our next track another complete diversion uh and probably my second maybe third favorite track of the entire night um Mauricio on Facebook writes, favorite song was Mystic Cave Zone. Favorite stage was Casino Night. Had to love Sonic Spinball before it was Sonic Spinball. It's a very, very valid point. Um, that is the, what was it, the Casino Night Zone was kind of the proto-Sonic Spinball. And Sonic Spinball, also a pretty cool soundtrack. Um, not quite as up to par as a lot of the other Sonic stuff, but really... A fun game, genuinely fun game. But the track that we're about to listen to is the Mystic Cave Zone. Um, so we've we've gone all over all over the place, and this is another totally different change of scenery and totally different change in style of music. This is a very, very kind of spooky, spooky song, and what a creepy like Halloweeny style baseline this has to it. This whole track is probably one of the, with the exception of the Chemical Plant Zone, it's probably the coolest track in there. And it's got a lot of, um, it got a lot of 90s hip-hop uh, aspects to it. Like, uh, I guess kind of cheesy in a way, but then again, everything in the 90s was. But I can't really sum up the kind of music that this is, uh, so we're just going to go ahead and listen to it. This is track number six. This is Mystic Cave Zone.
Now that track right there, uh, getting back to what I was talking to before about with uh, Matt Much, the bass line in that is literally the spring sound. Like all those notes are just changing that spring sound and moving it around into an instrument instead of a sound effect, which is which is genius. Now that is as far as I'm concerned, that main like sound, the 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 lead in that is supposed to be a theremin. And that really just adds to the general spookiness because in this you are inside of a very dark cave and this this is a fast level. So that that drum beat, that absolutely killer drum beat that plays during this stage is really just kind of driving you to run along in this this crazy mystic cave. And that weird part in the middle where it kind of sounds like a demented circus almost, like the way that kind of comes together to add this kind of spooky vibe to it is just the, this could have been a haunted house level, and instead they made a haunted cave. And it was it was a very cool route to go, because a lot of the zones in the Sonic games, and specifically the earlier Sonic games like this, were very creative. They were all very inventive, and it was one of the things I respected so much about this this franchise was just how creative it was, how interesting and colorful the worlds were. So even something. Even something like a cave could be so interesting to look at and so interesting to listen to. Um, th- this song is a is, is a wonderful example <laughs> going on a field trip. Uh, Brandon Cruz is uh, is writing on the Facebook page. Every new song I hear reminds me why it's my favorite song of the soundtrack, and and I agree. I know that feeling because there there are no bad songs on this track list. Now the next track reminds me less of the stage and more of something else that was incredibly cool about Sonic the Hedgehog 2. On our Facebook page, Chris Chung wrote in, four tracks come to mind, 19, 65, 9, and 17. What he is referring to is one of the coolest codes that's ever been in a video game ever, and we're talking about the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 debug code. And this next song, uh, track number seven that we're playing today, is the Oil Ocean Zone. While it is an interesting stage, uh, it definitely is an interesting stage. There's no bland stages in this game. This particular song will always remind me of that code because the way you inputted that code was by going into the sound test and like doing all these little level select things, and you had to play specific tracks. And this was one of the tracks. And the intro to this track is yet another so different sound from anything else that the any other sounds that this game makes in general. This is another kind of an eerie start, but then it kind of goes into this Middle Eastern vibe and it's all very it's got a very driving uh drum beat to it and just it, things are starting to get very sinister because you're close to the end of the game. So you're getting into the more industrial type areas besides the, the chemical plant zone. You're getting ever closer to that that final boss battle. And this one here is where the music really started to take a sinister turn. Even though one of the tracks that we're not going to play is the uh, Metropolis uh, Zone, which is another really good track, but again, I, I had to edit for time, is kind of just a really upbeat um, rock and roll song. But it also has kind of this weird a couple of minor notes thrown in there to add this very strange kind of feeling of dread in the background. But this stage in particular, Oil Ocean Zone, was was probably the most um, dreadful songs in the game. So here is one of the, the tracks that you had to play to get that awesome debug code where you could create your own levels and put coin uh, coins, rings everywhere and just kind of break the game. Here is Oil Ocean Zone. 
another radical departure for the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 soundtrack. It was, again, Oil Ocean Zone. What a weird song, and just what a strange, strange turn. And, ah, oh, God, I love this, this, this soundtrack so much. Um, so, again, that was it just kind of has this weird little Middle Eastern vibe, but it definitely fills the player with dread. It lets you know that you are getting close to the end of the game. Now, speaking of the end of the game, we're, we're coming up on the ending here. We're definitely past the, the halfway point. Uh, one of the most important songs in any video game is boss music, and that's what we're going to listen to next. We're going to listen to the boss music from Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which will be our track 8. This track is it's every, it's, it's what a good boss song should be if you're going to use a generic boss music. Now, some games... Uh, tend to have different songs for each boss, kind of depending on what type of boss they were. Think of a soundtrack like Super Metroid, where you had a handful of different types of boss music that would really set the stage for what kind of battle you were about to have. Other games like the Mega Man series and this uh, made a one static track. It was, this is the song that's going to play when you're fighting a boss. So you always know you're fighting a boss, be it a mini-boss or an end-boss or whatever it is. And it's got to fit every situation for every type of, every type of boss you're going to be battling. One of the things about Sonic the Hedgehog bosses is that you have to stop and be meticulous because you know while this the stage is are moving super fast you're going through loop loops and corkscrews and whatever the heck else once you get to a boss stage the stage isn't going anywhere you are stationary and the boss is there and you can't escape you are now confined and that was one of the more interesting aspects of Sonic the Hedgehog is that a game that's so based on movement forces you to stop when it gets to a uh, when it when it gets to a boss stage, and this music in Sonic Two is one of the better boss themes. Um, didn't love the boss music in Sonic the Hedgehog Three, and I liked the boss music in Sonic the Hedgehog One, but this one, this one kicks all the ass. So here is track number eight, boss music. I love the way this song builds and builds and builds and then brings it back down to the looping point and and doesn't really lose much of the intensity but the way it the way it builds up and um kind of adding harmony on top of harmony and so you eventually get to that four part harmony before it stops and loops itself over again is 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 brilliant but then on the, on the same token you still have 
like this almost kind of goofy, awkward, awkward piece about the uh, the way this music works because the boss that you're always fighting is Doctor Robotnik, who is just such an an odd looking character. Like he couldn't be less cool. So you have Sonic, which was designed to look as you know cool as possible, and then you have the villain. Like if you look at Bowser. Bowser's a cooler looking character than Mario is, but that is totally flip flop for Sonic the Hedgehog. And so, even when you've got this like kind of driving, almost serious sounding boss music, it still kind of has that like wah, 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 like kind of silliness to it because you're fighting Doctor Robotnik and he looks like a giant egg in pants. He's he's just a silly looking boss. So anyways, um, the next track we're going to play is not the last track of the night, but it is one of the last tracks in the game. Um, this is the ending music. Uh, this isn't going to be the credits music. I'm actually not nuts about the, credit, the credits music in this one. Um, the credits in this game were one of those things that I don't love when games do, where they try to do like a montage of all the songs in the game, and they, they mess with the... Um, the tempo to try to make them all mash and match and fit together and I just didn't like it. But this ending music was not bad. It's again, it's kinda like the um I think I mentioned this during the last episode about the Wonder Boy three stuff where the music is kinda sad. Not quite Mega Man two levels of sad where you're walking through a field and you think you're gonna kill yourself or something and then he fades into the darkness or whatever heck happens at the end of that game. But still it's a relatively somber piece. It calls back to um one of the other option screens that in the game, which is a kind of a weird musical callback. But it just kind of plays on a bunch of themes that the the musical themes that the game had struck before. It's a slower piece, but it's an interesting piece, and I'd be remiss if I didn't play the ending music sometime tonight. So here is the ending music from Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Now that track right there is, uh, like I said, it starts off kind of somberish, but it kind of moves on to a more victorious feel, and and it should be because this game isn't exactly easy, or at least I've never found it to be easy. I, there's there's a good challenge to the Sonic the Hedgehog games, and and honestly, I had never beaten them back in the day because, like I said earlier in the episode, I was a diehard Nintendo fanatic, and I didn't spend enough time playing the games at my friend's house to properly beat them until way later in life. I think the first time I beat Sonic 2 was on the Virtual Console, and um, 
it wasn't until I saw my wife play the original Sonic the Hedgehog and the way she played the game where I, I, it, I had an idea of how I was going to beat the game because she was very methodical. She was the one that kind of taught me that the point of the game wasn't to go fast. The point of the game was to find all the secrets. And when you do, you can rack up this incredible life total so that when you get to those later levels and it's really, really tough, you can die a handful of times and it's not the end of the world because you've built up this incredible roster of lives just waiting to be thrown away. Um, so it, it was a very long time before I was able to hear that ending music. And it's, as far as ending music goes, it's pretty good. Not, not bad. Not phenomenal, but certainly not bad. And I'm glad I played it. Now, I'd mentioned Super Metroid earlier in the show, and apparently a handful of the folks listening were saying that, or, or posting that we need to do a Super Metroid episode. Don't worry. That is on the list. There will be a Super Metroid episode. I don't know when, but that's definitely on my list of things to do. So the last handful of tracks that we're going to play tonight are tracks that aren't necessarily specific to the single-player game. These are the tracks that were extraneous, that were on top of the things. So we've gone through the main run of the game. The next track we're going to play is the option screen, which was, like I said before, the, the, uh, the, the code, the... Wow, I've actually lost the, the, the word. I'm like, debug code. There it is, the debug code. It was one of my favorite things to do when playing Sonic the Hedgehog 2 was, was jump in this debug code. And in order to get to it, you had to go to the options screen. And this song is just so delightful. It really reminds me a lot of the password music in Mega Man 2 and 3, um, or even Mega Man X. Just this kind of off-the-beaten-path wouldn't work in any other situation, but still a very joyous and very entertaining piece and that it's that it's on something like an option screen that a lot of people aren't going to spend a whole lot of time on is is really nice that they added that extra piece to it that anybody that's going to sit and listen is going to be <clears throat> is going to be treated to something remarkable like this so here is track 10 option screen So, there is, at long last, the option screen. Sorry if there was uh, some strange noises there. I didn't realize my mic was still on. Oops! Uh, but anyway, yes, uh, 
that was the option screen. That was a, a very delightful, delightful tune. Um, so the next track we're going to play is from the two-player game. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 introduced a very neat two-player game where you'd kind of run through endless loops and just try to race one another. One player's Sonic, one player's Tails, and you just kind of go, go, go. And what was neat about it was that they recycled the stage looks, but uh, not necessarily stage designs, and also not the music. All the two-player stages had their own unique sounds. And while the music for these stages in Sonic the Hedgehog 3 was, was, was really, really great stuff, a handful of songs in this were pretty good, too. So what we're going to listen to next for track 11 is Emerald Hill Zone two-player mode. So here you go. Enjoy. That right there was um, the two-player version of the Emerald Hill Zone song. And it's interesting that that's such a different feel uh, because, like I was saying, um, Matt was asking, yes, those stages were endless. Yeah, they were just a loop that would just keep going over and over again. And um, the first person to pass all the checkpoints all, enough times would be the winner. And it's such a laid-back song. Like it's, it's, It almost calls back to uh, the kind of song that you would hear in uh, our first episode, Balloon Kid. You're just kind of chilling summer afternoon. It's, it's one of those really good summer afternoon tunes. That's really what it reminds me of, is just playing a game, middle of the day, not a care in the world, and just, just messing around with a couple of friends. So we're on to our last track here. Uh, thanks, everybody, again for, for sticking with us through our technical difficulties and enjoying this absolutely killer soundtrack. I saved one of the best tracks for last. This is really high up there as far as one of, some of my favorite music in this game. And what we're about to listen to is the music for the special stages. In the original Sonic the Hedgehog, there were, and actually most of the Sonic the Hedgehog games, there's special stages, like very different types of games that you would play to get the Chaos Emeralds. So in the first game, it was this weird, you were always in ball form and the whole world is rotating around you. It's really, really trippy. You've got these weird polygon birds and stuff flying around in the background. It is 
bizarre as heck. And Sonic the Hedgehog 3, which are actually my favorite special stages. Now, I know that Mauricio mentioned on Facebook before that the special stage music in Sonic 2 is the best. And I disagree. I love the special stages in Sonic the Hedgehog 3, the music and the gameplay of them. But the special stages in Sonic 2 are also really, really, really good. It's from a behind-the-hedgehog view. You're running in these half-pipes. And the Genesis couldn't really do this extraordinarily well. Uh, you see effects like this in, like, say, the Genesis version of uh, Space Harrier, where it's, it's never really good at scaling things toward the screen, or they didn't come, come into being extraordinarily good at that until later, because running on the giant sphere in Sonic 3 looked way smoother than running on this half-pipe in Sonic 2. But it was still a really cool game to play where you're just trying to collect all these rings and get past these checkpoints with certain numbers of rings and trying to dodge all these little landmine looking things that were floating in the floating in the air and getting in your way and you could even have tails running behind you also collecting rings and also getting hit by things and losing all these rings so it was kind of a double-edged sword but but playing through these stages were it was always fun tracking one of them down, getting to the point where you could get to do one of these stages. And obviously, when you get all the Chaos Emeralds, you can turn it to Supersonic, which I have no idea how Sega did not get sued by Shonen Jump or the owners of Dragon Ball Z in general because, wow, Sonic literally goes Super Saiyan. If you've never seen it happen in the game, he actually goes Super Saiyan. Flat-out plagiarism. Anyways, um... Back to the song, special stage, really great tune. Kind of, it starts off with this little piece like you are getting ready to go on a race because now none of the rest of the game matters. There's no specific enemies out to get you or anything. You are just, you are on a track and it's an endurance run. And the music matches that perfectly. And it's just, it's got a great rhythm. It's got an awesome bass line. It's just got such a great beat to it. Enjoy the heck out of it. Turn up your speakers. Here's our last track of the night. Special stage. Couldn't have picked a better song to go out on. So, 
there was special stage, and that's going to be our show for the night. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening. I had a blast listening to, uh, listening to all this music and talking about it with you. Thanks, everybody, who wrote in. Um, I don't know what the next one's going to be. I should have thought about it beforehand, but I actually haven't decided what the next song's, the next soundtrack's going to be. But we've got a lot of really fun stuff planned for the Waveback Music Podcast in the future. I'll continue to do episodes offline, and then we're going to do another live one probably trying to shoot for about one live show a month on this because uh man i'm i'm having a blast and i hope you are too uh again thanks everybody for listening thanks for tuning in check out all the rest of our great original content over at geekade.com uh we've got podcast galore stone age gamer apathetic enthusiasm paper cuts comic book podcast we've got lots of great original articles we've got a uh, handful of videos. We just covered Atlantic City Boardwalk Con. We're going to be going to uh, Too Many Games in um, next month. That's going to be an absolute blast. You'll hear a lot more about that in the future. And then Garden State Comic Fest is, uh, is coming up soon. So, boy, we've got a lot of good stuff in the works. Thank you, everybody, for all your uh, support. And have yourself a wonderful evening. Good night. Good night.